What would you do if you fired a gun at a piece of tissue paper and the bullet bounced back at you? 100 years ago, a group of physicists ran into an equally unlikely situation that led to the discovery of the atomic nucleus. That's today on the Physics Buzz podcast. How do you study an object that is so small it is literally impossible to see with light? I'm talking about atoms, the building blocks of matter. The diameter of a single carbon atom is about one millionth the width of a single human hair. Imagine trying to slice a hair into one million smaller strands. A single atom is even smaller than the wavelength of light. So you can't use light to study an atom because that would be like trying to scoop ice cream with a backhoe. The wavelength is so much larger than the atom, it just totally overwhelms it. The idea of the atom, of some basic building block of matter, was proposed by philosophers thousands of years ago. But it wasn't until the late 18th and early 19th centuries that chemists started to build up empirical evidence for the existence of the atom. During the 19th century, scientists came to realize that atoms contain electric charge, and this was a big step forward in being able to study them. Even though you can't look at an atom with light or pick one up with a pair of tweezers, you can run groups of them through an electric field and see how they behave, so you can indirectly watch them. Atoms are naturally neutral, possessing equal amounts of positive and negative charges. But in many atoms, it is possible to add or subtract charge and give the atom an overall charge. In 1897, the scientist J.J. Thompson discovered the electron, the negative particle that makes up the atom. So with Thompson's discovery, scientists realize that the atom is divisible, that it has an internal structure of its own. We know now that atoms are made up of electrons, as well as protons, which give it positive charge, and neutrons, which are neutral. But Thompson and his colleagues didn't know this. Based on what they did know, Thompson proposed a theory about the atomic structure. And as with most tries at something extremely difficult, Thompson's theory was wrong. Thompson postulated that the atom was a spherical object containing electrons. He proposed that the positive charge came from a sort of soup surrounding the electrons, holding them up like peas in a broth or plums in a pudding. I've personally never had plum pudding, but I can kind of visualize them both together. Plum pudding was a lot more popular back then, so the model actually became known as the plum pudding model. A lot of scientists really liked this model, including Ernest Rutherford, who won a Nobel Prize in 1908 and was just all kinds of smart. In 1909, Rutherford decided to do some experiments to test the model. Now we're getting close to our initial question about the bullet and the tissue paper. Rutherford had this idea to fire high-energy atoms of helium at a very thin sheet of gold. Based on the plum pudding model, the sheet of gold should have been like a layer of positive soup with electron peas floating around in it. The helium atoms would be released with so much energy they would be akin to a bullet fired from a gun. The bullet should have passed through the gold foil with only a slight change in its path. And most of the time, that's what happened. But then Rutherford and his colleagues saw something that just astounded them. Every once in a while, BAM! A helium atom would bounce straight back. Rutherford and his team were so dumbfounded. 
It was as if they had fired a gun at a piece of tissue paper and the bullet had bounced back. So what would you do if this happened? Rutherford realized the structure of the atom couldn't be like tissue paper or a thin soup. There had to be something massive, more massive than the helium atom, contained inside the gold atom. So Rutherford hypothesized that the positive charges in the atom were not a soupy mess, but a small, dense cluster, which would later be dubbed the nucleus. For the nucleus to be massive enough to stop a speeding helium bullet, it would have to contain over 99% of the mass of the atom, but it would fill up less than 0.01% of its volume. In other words, imagine you're inside an indoor athletic stadium, like a big college basketball arena. If the atom were the size of that stadium, the nucleus would be the size of a quarter so small that you wouldn't be able to see it from one end of the stadium to the other. That means that atoms are mostly empty space. That alone is a mind-boggling concept because atoms make up what we see as solid matter. It turns out Rutherford and his colleagues were standing at the entrance to the quantum world, the realm smaller than the atom. Strange and unfamiliar as it was, physicists would eventually have to go exploring, in order to find more clues and flesh out a complete picture of the atom. That's all for this week's edition of the Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more Physics Buzz. Physics Buzz.